Welcome everyone to It's Time to Lean. We got a great topic today that uh-huh. we're really only going to be able to start uncover. Just, just starting. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot to talk about. And are you ready to hear what it is? Oh yeah. Let's get it. All right. We're going to talk about mental health, a big topic. It's big. Mental health in the workplace, something that has gotten a lot of attention over the last few years. And You know, I think employers and employees alike are starting to uncover what that means and how to deal with it. And we are ready to crack the topic, I think. Absolutely. And it's so funny that you said like it's something that's become focused over the last couple of years because it has. And it doesn't mean that it just became an issue over the last couple of years. Mental health has always been something that we should be considering I hear it sometimes, usually from boomers. Why is everybody mentally ill these days? Everybody seems to have something. It's like, no, stigma, even though it has a long way to go, has just been reduced. So people actually talk about it instead of just hiding it or numbing it with, you know, different things like alcohol and stuff. Yeah, just shoving it down. And it's it's more acceptable to talk about, although there's still so many challenges and still so much that goes into even just emotionally, you know, how to tackle that, how to talk about it, when is the right time, how do you know that you're struggling, maybe you feel like you are, are you partnering with your doctor, are you not? It can still be really confusing and people are only really starting to learn the language around verbiage around how to talk about it, but there's still a lot of fear. For sure, for sure. And I think mental health is a spectrum. So you can have poor mental health due to different things that happen. You can have mental health challenges based on the makeup of your brain, disorders and stuff. And then you can also have mental illness, which is, you know, something that you're born with that kind of schizophrenia, those types of things. So there's different layers of mental health. And one thing that's really, really important is that work can directly affect, cause poor mental health and really kind of exacerbate. Oh God, yeah. Yeah. You hear a lot about burnout these days, which is a huge mental health thing. Yeah. Burnout, clinical burnout. And the pandemic definitely, I think, accelerated a lot of that. A lot of employees were under a lot of stress during that time and had to deal with a ton of uncertainty more than we've known really i think in north america i mean we have been privileged to not be you know in like war torn countries and you know there are other stressors all over the world but the pandemic really i think accelerated a lot of mental health issues for people And it put a lot of extra stress and a a much bigger burden. And as corporations are learning more, I think there are some that are trying to do better. And then there are some that are just still stuck in the old ways. Absolutely. And I think that when it comes to burnout, when it comes to other mental health, there's a lot of overlap. And so I kind of joke to people now that I'm an ex-burnout because Honestly, like when I was in high school, burnout burnout had a different connotation. But here I am, you know, I definitely experienced some pretty heavy burnout where I just felt completely 
not in a great place. And in the future, we'll tell our own mental health stories, but it's important to acknowledge now, like been there, it can change you when you go through it real bad. Yeah. Honestly, like life changing and depending on how you deal with it can also be pretty transformational, I think. Even maybe transcendent if you can, I think it really forces you to look at what is causing this, what type of environment is working for me, what type of job is working for me, what are the factors in my life, not just job related, that's like contributing to that. And man, if you let that burnout sit for too long and you wait till you're like really done, it can take many years, lots of medical assistance to get back from that. I think that once like burnout becomes chronic, so it's happened more than once or it's gone on too long, it can actually become easier to slip into it as well. So you're right, Mm -hmm. like how you handle it can be really transformational and can really make a difference how you set yourself up for the future. Yeah. At the same time, it can be really destructive as well. Oh, for sure. If you let that shit go. Yeah. You got to take care of your brain. It's the most important organ in our whole body. Yeah. So we're going to talk a little bit about some stats and kind of see what is going on in mental health in North America. And so, as you said, there's been a lot of talk lately. So it also meant that I could find some great information for us to kind of talk about. Well, let's just drop one of our mental health bombs. Both of us have ADHD. It's something that we've worked with for years. I got here four hours ago to start recording and we got distracted. (laughs) It's like the story of our lives. This is literally every single time. (laughs) Well, but it's also we understand each other so we get along really well. So if we go off, we're going to try to stick to the facts, share some, and then maybe tell a story at the end. Yeah. Let's hear some facts. I think it's important to know exactly where we stand. So as I was kind of doing some research, I looked in both Canada and the U.S. because I know we have folks from both listening to us. I also have had a lot of experience in my coaching practice. I work with leaders all over North America. And so some of that is also coming from just conversations and stuff, not the facts, but some of the information. And these all really line up well with what I'm actually seeing out in the workforce. So I'll start with some facts from the Mental Health Commission of Canada, and I'll drop all of the references in our show notes. So if you want to look into more, please go check those out. So do a little deep dive. Oh, it is easy (laughs) to deep dive. And there's, you know, a lot of repeating information. And it just to me makes it glaringly clear that this is a real thing. Not that I ever questioned it, but some people do. And there's some great strategies on what to do with it. So there's some great ideas that you can get from the good old internet. So let's start with some facts from the Mental Health Commission of Canada. So according to them, 70% of Canadian employees are concerned about the psychological health and safety of their workplace. And 14% of those surveyed don't think that they have a healthy or safe job at all. So psychological safety comes up a lot, but it's on the minds of 70% of Canadians who's answered. insane. That is like a staggering number. Like when you were learning to have a job, like learning to have a job, but like... No, I love how you said that because like most people don't think about it as that, but you have to learn how, like how to have a job, (laughs) how to be an employee. And most, most people, 
all people, I guess it's like trial and error and that's how you, where you file things under E for experience. But if there were better tools to help people to know how to be an employee and take care of yourself, also obviously be a good employee, you could really circumvent some of the issues that you may experience later on in your career if you did some things differently. For sure, for sure. And I think like, you know, when I go back, it wasn't even a conversation when I was, you know, first learning and and getting job experience. It's only been in probably the last maybe five or six years that it's become part of the conversation of how to support both your staff with mental health issues and also yourself. Yeah. And I mean, some companies are stepping up, you know, like Bell Let's Talk. There's but even that all these campaigns. You know, they're like trying. Yes, but even that, and I don't know, I'm not going to say Bell exactly, but the Bell Let's Talk, do we know that they actually have the support in place for their staff or are they just advocating for it? Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah. So, yes, there's like both the outward stuff, but then how are people treating their staff on the inside? Yeah, for sure. And as I said, Bell, I, I don't know. I'm just using you as an example. Yeah. (laughs) So interesting enough, just kind of some facts. So people say that they're concerned about it. Approximately 30% of short-term and long-term disability claims are mental health problems and illness. That's that's crazy. That's That's high. Crazy sauce. And it's great that people can get disability, long-term or short-term disability through your provider when you are experiencing burnout depression, anxiety, any of those things. But that's a lot of people that have to take time off. And that's a good thing. Yeah. And there are still companies out there that don't support, really, they have to in their policies, but but how the behavior that you get when you're actually in the workplace is they don't love it when you take time off. Oh, Especially God, no. if you define it as mental health versus physical health or any kind of sickness or illness at all is still in a lot of places frowned upon. Oh, that is the like harsh reality of it. We talk about how, you know, speak up, get the help. But not every manager is going to treat you right if you do speak up. And that is something that's problematic. Yeah, that is a huge, huge problem. Top tip, you don't have to tell people why you're taking time off. If you apply for disability or for a sick leave, you don't have to tell them what that sickness is. Yeah. And in fact, I mean, this is not advice, but it is my strong opinion that you don't. That's personal. Maybe we live in a world in the future where that is something that you should do. But I think there's so much of your personal information out there already and they're just not entitled to it. Yeah. Like treat it like I, I'm trying to think of a good lady parts comparison. Oh, <laughs> like I wouldn't, I maybe I wouldn't tell them I was out because I had a big old cyst on my labia. I I, I don't know if I tell my <laughs> boss that, so maybe I won't tell them if there's like a big old cyst on my brain. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just think it's like so per- like medical things are so personal, and employers like want to know. Because they do, but they don't have to know. Yes. And I think it depends on your comfort level. I think that it's important to talk and to share. But at the time that you need that time off, it's probably not the time to do that. 
And so just know you don't have to. It's 100% up to you. I have been very open in my past jobs about my mental health struggles. I wrote an article that went out to the whole company sharing that I had struggled with or navigated or because sometimes it's a struggle and sometimes it's a gift. ADHD, anxiety, depression, grief. That's another big mental health, you know, one. And I felt so proud to be able to do that because it's to stop the stigma. But I was in a really good mental space at that point. Yeah. You know, and I think that's different than like the disclosure at the time that you need it. And having conversations about how to be productive at work while working through some of the challenges that you're facing, like those are can be really productive conversations, can be really good, can like illuminate some of the struggles that happen in the workplace. But I still think from a strictly, you're putting in sick time. And it also really depends on the relationship you have with your manager or uh, with HR. But just don't don't ever forget that business is business and your job is not your family. So I also found some facts from Mindshare Partners. So they do an annual mental health report. So they do a huge survey, get stats based on the people who are answering that survey. And so they don't have 2022 out yet, but 2021 is here. And of the people who replied to this survey, 76% reported experiencing at least one symptom of a mental health condition in the past year. Of that, 56% was burnout, 46% depression, and 40% anxiety. And in my confused brain, when I first said those stats, and I'm just going to put it out there because some people might think the same way. I'm like, 56%, 46%, 40%. I'm like, that doesn't add up to 100 But a lot of people would have had two or three of them. Yeah, overlapping. 100%. And they often go together. Anxiety mm-hmm. and depression are often very closely related. Yeah, and burnout brings symptoms of both as well. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And also, 50% of full-time U.S. workers have left a previous role due, at least in part, to mental health reasons. So all of this stuff is happening. People are experiencing these things. People are leaving their jobs. And I understand this is only based on the people who answered this survey, but it's a pretty good indication of what's going on out there. Yeah. And like people answering a survey are more open and comfortable disclosing that. But I think as we know, mental health is often shoved under the rug. The more people have it, the less I want to talk about it. If you could probably survey a population, honestly, it would be shocking. Mm-hmm. And like, have you ever left a job and part of the reason was your mental health? Oh, for sure. Yeah. And did you tell a them big that? one? No. 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 <laughs> It was a no. major, major no, factor. No, you could know. You cannot talk about that stuff. Like not five, ten years ago. Like that would be, especially in like a professional setting. Like you're, that's like career suicide, man. <laughs> Back then, because you know you have your your network of people, and the more you connect and build relationships in your industry, and you know in your circles, you know people talk and. At least like five, 10 years ago, that was not something that you really talk about. There's a lot of stigma around it. Yeah. Well, I, I think even now, 
sometimes it's just easier not to mention it. You know, like I know for myself, mental health has been a part of the reason that I've left most of my jobs. Either I was feeling like one way or the other, like mildly, you know, like nothing that was like serious or being in complete burnout and being like, I just don't want to be here anymore because it is making me stressed to the point where I am not okay. And when it came down to it, I left it out because I don't, at that point, I don't want to get into it. I might tell some coworkers or something like that. And this is what I've experienced with my clients too. If they're leaving because of those reasons, they're like, I don't need to. I've made my decision. I'm moving on. That's enough. So I think that it's important as employers or leaders as well, understand that, I mean, on this one, 76% reporting having at least one symptom of a mental health condition in the past year. So when you think about that, think about there might be some things that are affecting this person's ability to be at the workplace, either caused by work or not. Yeah. And sometimes it can be stress from the work itself or it could be stress from your home and family life, or it could be a combination of both, and they might have compounding effects on each other. So the other thing that's important to kind of think about is the workplace factors that can negatively impact folks' mental health. So in this survey, folks recognize that the top factors were emotionally draining work, challenges with work-life balance, and lack of recognition. So I think the first one, like emotionally draining work, we've seen that so much with like nurses having to deal with things that drains your emotions. And also like you see it a lot with folks in service industry where it's emotionally draining when you have to either, you know, work with somebody who's rational, like, you know, having a customer who's just irrational and berating It actually triggers your emotions and that can be draining. So it's not only people who are helpers, but it's also people who are just having to deal with the shit. Yeah. Like call center employees come to mind. And even I was listening to something a while ago, just about like, I mean, social media is such a big part of our lives now, but there are actually folks that monitor explicit content. Yeah. And that like the burn rate there is insane. And there's at, at least this thing that I was listening to, I think it was on a podcast maybe, that there's very little like support provided for them. And they're often watching like really traumatic things to, you know, make sure that they don't make it onto the platform. But there are bots to do a lot of that. But there's also like whole teams that monitor explicit content, which is like I can only imagine Anything to do with the internet can be emotionally draining, both either having to witness things or keyboard warriors who are just like telling you you're scumbag for saying the simplest thing. Like it's there's so much bullying. Yeah. Deleting comments, the whole social media, internet of things. Which we all have to be on these days, unfortunately. Yeah. Or fortunately, I don't know. I I heard a question and I can't remember exactly where the question came from, but it was, if you could make the decision to turn off the internet starting tomorrow, would you? Oh my God. Yes. (laughs) So it just no longer exists. No more internet. Yeah. Yes. 
going back to like yeah i think it's so problematic i mean there's so many great things about the internet and how it's democratized information and like accessibility and education and there's just there's so many good things about it but there's also so many bad things i just feel overstimulated all the time Mm -hmm. totally totally i would totally turn it off and like go back to the way the life was in the 1969 and i could just like flit around (laughs) i don't know i don't know there's i mean there's other things that i wouldn't want to go back to but no (laughs) so anyways the last thing i want to acknowledge is that younger workers and historically underrepresented communities are disproportionately impacted by mental health in the workplace. And so it's really important to kind of acknowledge that. And I think that I definitely see some generational differences coming that actually affect workplace mental health. So either stigma, if you're in a younger organization, there's a lot more acceptance of mental health. There's, you know, like flex days, there's, you know, um, mental health days, those types of things. Whereas if you're in a little bit more of a traditional where folks who grew up not ever thinking that it's okay to talk about these things aren't going to. Yeah. Sometimes there's, there's exceptions, but or that where can change. it used to be like a badge of honor that you never take a sick day. It was like you were considered like a good employee if you didn't take any sick time and like it made you feel good because you, it's like this badge of honor. Absolutely. And I numerous times throughout my career, I remember saying people saying things like that. Well, I know I've never had to take a sick day. Like it's great. And you're like, okay, so that's good. So if I have to take my sick days, that might be viewed by that person as bad. Yeah. Same with, I remember hearing people say, well, you know, they were off for their mental health. I don't know if they'll ever be really able to take on more, like almost that it like limited their career growth in the future. And so I'm like, yeah, when it came down to me challenge. Yeah. And then, so when I became challenged with my mental health, did I want to tell? God, no. Because then what if they're going to think that I'm going to be permanently needed to be handled with kid gloves or something like that? It can really impact your opportunities for growth and just like the general perception that you're broken or that you're not able to handle the stress or you're not able to function well in a fast-paced environment or all of the above. It really can stifle your career if you come out with that more so in the past, but I still think it's still widely, widely happens that way. For sure. So I have a story. Let's get into it. All right. So the story's titled, like, When to Quit a Job Over Mental Health. So the poster says, I work at a, quote, unquote, good job as an engineer, and I despise every second of it. My manager and I don't get along. I hate the tasks I do, and I don't fit in with the company culture. I've wanted to quit for a while and have been job hunting with no luck. At this point, I'm desperate to get out. Some people in my life see that. My mom tells me that she sees how the joy in my life is gone. And my very good friends tell me he worries about how miserable work makes me. My dad, however, tells me that quitting without another job lined up is the dumbest thing I could do. He's certain that quitting will ruin my reputation and destroy my prospects of getting a career. I don't know what to think anymore. I've taken most of the week off because I can't stand the thought of working. I almost called 911 the other day because I was debating killing myself. I felt so trapped. 
It seems like I'm stuck in checkmate between career I hate and no job prospects. At what point is it justified to quit a job because it damages your mental health so much? Well, I mean, I would say if we're at suicidal thoughts or ideation, that's it's pretty serious. That's pretty like that's like an emergency situation. 100%. And you probably need to use the resources available to you through your employer, through your own benefits. Where is this person? Are they in the U.S. or Canada? Do we know? It doesn't tell me. Okay. Here in Canada, that's what employment insurance is for. And like most employers have employee assistance programs, extended health. And if you just need to go take care of yourself, then you need to do that. Like your job is not your life. Your job is not your life. You have to take care of yourself first. Yeah. And I think that with this, so I've I've supported benefits in both Canada and the U.S. in my past. And in the U.S., it varies from state to state what kind of state support there is. Yeah. Companies, I mean, in the U.S., it's hard. Not everybody has insurance at all or good insurance. And so it just depends. And so that's just one place. But when is it a good time to leave? Before now. Yeah. Like, if you are feeling to the point where you're just like, I don't even know why I bother anymore, you you need to find a way out. Whether that means, you know, have you applied for other jobs already? Are you seeking professional help? Are you talking to your doctor, to a psychiatrist? Really working with people to get you to be okay first so that you can find a job that's really going to you know, take care of you. Yeah. And I mean, I'd say this is like pretty serious. So partner with your healthcare professionals and then, you know, through your healing process, figure out like what is a healthy work environment? What does that mean to you? And what are, what is a culture that you would fit into and seek out those companies and seek out, do some research around like, what are the tasks that are fulfilling for you? Look for job descriptions where there's work that you can find joy in and that that is stimulating and engaging for you and things that that you like to talk about, things that you like to do and focus exclusively on that. Yeah, for sure. And I think that even if it didn't get to the point where it was this serious, but even the first part where your friends and family are seeing that it's taken the joy out of your life and people are worried about you, it's time to seriously consider moving on. And one thing that the poster said in here about this could ruin your reputation and destroy your prospects of getting a career, that's not the case as much anymore. Yeah. And you shouldn't want to be okay with a company that wouldn't want you even if you have a gap in your resume. Yeah. And if the culture is rough and the manager is shit... Like, do you really think that they give like two fucks about you? Like, no, they're not going to they're not going to care if something happens to you. They'll replace you in two seconds. So like it sounds like the company itself is also not that great. I mean, speaking from like minimal input here, but if the culture's not good, manager's not good, the work is not fulfilling and there's no conversation between you and your manager about how how to have you do work that is fulfilling to you. If there's no development conversations or career mapping or anything like that going on, really a good manager should be having those conversations with you, maybe not every day, but at least on a regular basis. So if you're feeling really trapped, it's definitely time to move on and 
be really intentional with the type of employers that you're seeking out. And I think that it's so funny because from when we first started talking about people deserving more and if you're not with a good employer, go find another one, the world was in a very different place. So there are situations where you might be in a place where you can't take an indefinite amount of time off and there isn't the hiring craze that there was even a month ago. Like right now, the industry is seeing a lot of layoffs. So I understand that job security is hard. And, you know, with people who are working two or three jobs to make ends meet, again, it might be a bit more difficult. But look into your, you know, state, provincial, federal opportunities, see what is available to you and start the process of looking. Go to different social services. They often have like job clinics, help you find places. And there's ways for you to kind of start that progress. And if you're at the point where you're calling in sick because you just can't handle the thought of going in, it's time for you to take a break if you can, take some short-term disability, take some vacation, figure out what you need to do to give yourself a break because that's where it gets really, really sketchy. Yeah. And I think if you've already made the decision that you want to leave there, I think at that point, the decision's been made. You don't care about a career there. I think that's probably a good time to talk to your HR or your manager and say, look, I like I do need time off, even though that might not feel very safe. There has to be a way for you to get some time off. And again, you don't have to say why, but you could say, look, I'm in crisis. I need I need some time off. Can I access my vacation time? I know it's short notice, but this is critical. Or can I get some sick time? Kind of look at what, what your options are and just get a break from that, get some distance there. And yeah, like you said, Cal, there's like lots of ways, like go contact a few recruitment agencies. Like you, you know, if you're an engineer, engineers are in high demand like a, a professional job. So there's so many tech companies. There's like so many, there might be remote opportunities available. Um, you know, maybe not just looking within your city, maybe looking, you know, are, are you open to relocating or is it the type of engineering job that you can do remotely? Lots of options. You know, there's lots of ways to make money. Have you thought about being an entrepreneur? You know, there's, it, it doesn't have to be exactly what it's been. It can, you can create something new for yourself. For sure. I think that something else that's important to kind of, you know, to build on that is networking is important, no matter how it is. Just getting to know people, even as simple as when you go into the coffee shop in the morning on your way to your job, be nice to the people in there. Get to know them because then if you're at, you know, like if you're working down the street and then you've built a relationship in other places, you can just be like, hey, are you hiring? I'm looking for a new position. So there's options for all different types of positions and roles out there that you don't have to feel trapped and it's okay to need a break. There's resources out there. Your mental health matters. And I think that the question sums it up so well. At what point is it justified to quit a job because it damages your mental health? As soon as it damages your mental health. You got to get out of there. And I mean, depending on your financial situation as an engineer, maybe you're in a financial position where you can just hire someone like an executive resume writer, an executive recruiter. 
hire people to write your resume really well for you. Like, you know, take some of the pressure off of yourself. You can hire an assistant to apply for jobs on your behalf. Make sure that your that your resume is like is lit. And then <laughs> and then, you know, you can you can have somebody do that for you while you take time off and take care of yourself and work with your doctor and, you know, whatever that means in terms of therapy or medication or even just existing for a little while with no responsibility. Yeah, for sure. I wish we could all afford that. And if you can't, talk to a friend, talk to a buddy, you know, like there's ways to kind of work with people. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to ask for collaboration. It's okay to ask for time off. Yeah, and you know when is like the hardest time to ask for help? When you like really, really need it. Yeah, when you actually need it. When you actually need it and you're like fucked up and and you don't know what to do. It's like the hardest time. Yeah, for sure. So in our show notes, because we're at the end of our time now, but in our show notes, I'm going to put some resources on like some simple steps that you can take if you're feeling like your mental health is going down the garbage chute. But I think that this is going to need another part. Like, I think that we could really get into what to do. I don't think we've really even scratched the surface here. And even just looking at like, really, we talked a lot about some Band-Aid solutions, but really looking at root cause and going a little bit deep down dark rabbit hole. And yeah, maybe next time we can talk about some of our own experiences a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, the workplace needs systemic change in so many different areas and mental health stigma and acceptance is one of them. We'll definitely talk some more about it. I also want to kind of just throw it out there that this will be an ongoing thing through all of our episodes because mental health can be affected in so many different things that we talk about. And then the last thing that I want to say is if you are in a state of crisis, reach out. You deserve to be here. We deserve to have people like you in this world. And if you are in a place where you are feeling stuck, where you're feeling like it might be better off ended, please reach out for help because a lot of people care And it's important for you to get those resources. And at the top of those show notes is going to be outlets for both Canada and the U.S. on how to get help 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So we're going to provide that. But please, there's a lot of people out there. There's a lot of people who listen. And please ask. Yes. So that was a heavy topic at points. But I think that it is a great conversation to start. So we will continue that. If you have any mental health stories or stuff that has come up for you, please reach out to us via email. We're going to leave everything in the show notes. And we hope that you have a wonderful week. Yeah, have fun out there. And remember, be a leaner, not a wiener. (laughs) 